I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in. This is Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. My name is Chris Nocero, and I'm filling in for Bink tonight. Nolan Brooks is my producer on the other side of the glass. Nolan, some pretty sad news came out today about your Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> They're reportedly going to let go Amari Cooper. How are you feeling about losing potential, probably your best receiver on the team this this offseason? I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the least amount. Uh, you know, we, we put a lot of money into our running back and our O-line and Dak Prescott and hope to God the money spreads out evenly, and obviously it's not. So uh, I've seen a lot that Gallup's coming back. So, I mean, some good news. It's not Amari Cooper good news, but it's something. It's really weird to see a team basically choose, okay, we we have this receiver that we that's that's been pretty damn good since he came to Dallas. And they're going to have to let him go because they paid their running back. Like I mean, you look at like you hear the news about like the Giants reportedly being up for uh up to trading Saquon Barkley if they get the right offer. And I, I know that I've heard, you know, some people, oh, the Chiefs should do it. It's like, why would you why would you go out there and and commit a lot of your cap space to a running back now? That's just it just seems counterproductive when you have a passing league and running backs are uh they're kind of a dime a dozen now in terms of their value because you can basically just take a third string running back and and get you know get some sort of good production out of him in important games like the Chiefs did this year. Seems a little weird to me, but uh, that was like the big news today this afternoon when I was when I was driving in. Amari Cooper might be coming to the Chiefs. I don't think he's going to come to the Chiefs. Like I don't see the Chiefs bringing a guy like him in because he's probably going to fetch a, a good amount of money. And I don't think I think the Chiefs are going to go after a, a receiver that probably isn't going to be a super hot commodity, maybe an Allen Robinson type, maybe a guy that maybe a Juju type too, where it's like, okay, he's coming off an injury and uh, the last couple years, he hasn't been the best guy for his team. Maybe they get him. 
But I, I don't see Amari who has actually been like one of the better receivers in the league for the last few years. So I don't, I don't see that happening, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the chiefs will be able to get him at a good price, but I want to start this show talking extensively about what's been the biggest story in sports pretty much all week, which is the lockout. It has been very frustrating because I'm a, I'm a fan of baseball. I enjoy it. Love the Royals. That's, that's my squad, been my squad since I was nine years old. And I was excited for this season because you've got a lot of young players coming up. Bobby Witt Jr., maybe MJ Melendez, Nick Prado, etc. You've got some young guys that have been coming up since last year. And I was anticipating, oh man, we're finally going to see what these guys can do. Maybe this could be like the 2012, maybe even 2013 type season where now we got the collection of guys up on the major league roster that we could see develop into the championship contending team down the line. And then as the off season's gone along, we had the beginning of the lockout and we thought, at least I think a lot of us thought, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us thought, oh, they'll sort it out. There's no way they're going to really miss games. They'll sort it out. But then at the beginning of the year, you started to see some concern because the owners didn't really seem like they were trying to get anything done. They were kind of dragging their feet. They didn't start negotiating until almost a month and a half after the lockout began. And now we've gotten to a point where they set a deadline, which was originally for Monday, and then eventually they pushed it back to Tuesday, 4 p.m. Central Time. And they were like, if we don't get it done by this time on this day, we're going to start canceling games. Obviously, it didn't happen. And because of that now, Rob Manfred came out Tuesday afternoon and announced they were canceling the first two series for every team in Major League Baseball. And I know there was a lot of people who were saying, oh, baseball's dead. Baseball's dying. And I don't think that. I don't think that baseball's dying. I don't think baseball's dead. I understand if you feel that way. I think most of that was just a, an emotional reaction to losing the sport that you love. I, I understand why you would feel that way. But I think baseball more so got a bad diagnosis. A treatable one. But they got one that's not very good for them. And if they don't take care of it, it's going to kill them. It'll take a while for it to kill them, but it will kill them. Because the biggest thing that it, I, I feel like the owners are missing in all of this is that the owners don't understand that probably a majority of sports fans have or will learn to live without baseball. That doesn't mean that Baseball's not going to have any fans. 
Baseball will still have people who love watching it. But there are going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be perfectly okay not being as tuned into the sport as they used to be. Baseball has a lot of things that are already kind of working against it. Anyways, baseball's in a time of year where things in your life start happening more often that cause you to get away from the television. This time of year, you've got prom, you've got uh, cookouts, you've got graduation, you've got all these things happening. Family events are going to start happening soon, more so outdoors. Pretty soon here, we're going to be in swimsuit season, going to the pool, going outside more, going hiking, camping, et cetera, et cetera. If we don't have baseball to watch on television, it's not like we're going to be starved for things to do like we would be during the winter. We get to the late fall and winter and the leaves start dying and the temperatures start falling and eventually snow starts hitting the ground. We're indoors. We got to watch television. We, got, we need something that's going to keep our interest because we can't go outside and enjoy things. Unless you are one of those cold weather outdoors people. Most of us are not, and you're not going to enjoy it. But once we get to spring and summer, there's a lot of things you can do that don't involve sitting at home in front of the television. And baseball's casual appeal has dropped over the years. Baseball cannot afford to lose exposure because you've got people fighting over money in that, in that organization that is Major League Baseball. Pretty soon, people are going to realize that, hey, I'm okay without having baseball. You know, there's this old adage, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't believe that. I think that the more people that, the more people that don't have baseball in their lives, the more people are going to realize that, oh, it's okay. It'll be all right. I mean, hell, people have been talking about reducing games for the regular season for like, what, the better half of the last decade now? It's okay. A lot of us don't want 162 games anyways. A lot of us are perfectly okay if you take away 60 of those games or 40 of those games or however many. I've, I've heard people call into this station. People I hear all the time calling into Vern's postgame show regularly, at least once a week, maybe twice a week, calling in, talking about the Royals, talking about the game, that are like, yeah, it's okay if we cut, you know, cut out 20 to 40 or 60 games. It's okay if we cut out significant chunks of the regular season because it doesn't matter. We don't do that for any other sport. Maybe, maybe the NBA, but we sure as hell don't do it for the NFL. If the NFL was like, we're going to cancel the first two weeks of the season because there's a lockout with the players. We're in a labor dispute with the players union. People would riot. People would be so angry. Vegas would be pissed. You'd have the various fantasy sites. They'd be pissed. We'd be sitting around like, oh, what are we going to do with our Sundays? What are we going to do on Monday night? Thursday night? Going to be terrible. I got to spend time 
on the weekends with my family instead of watch football. People would be pissed. During the spring and summer when baseball's on, people are okay with that. I think a lot more now, there's there's a lot more casual appeal for the game than there is hardcore appeal. And I feel like owners are taking your support for granted. They're looking at you, and they're like, oh, they'll come back. They'll be back. It's okay. We can cancel a few games. We can take out the first month of the season if we have to. Take out the first two months if we have to. I mean, we saw it two years ago when they were fighting over the COVID protocols and fighting over how much money they were going to pay out players because the players did not want to have their pay reduced based on the number of games that they would pay would play. The players still wanted to go out there and get all the money that they were entitled to, and the owners were like, yeah, no, you're not playing an entire season. You can't have, We can't do that. They were fighting, and because of that, their season ended up being pushed back more and more as it went along through the summer. They are taking your support for granted. They're assuming that because you've been watching baseball since you were in grade school or middle school or whenever you started watching. Some of y'all started watching it uh, a few years ago when you were in your 20s or 30s. They're assuming that because you've been doing it, that you always will. They're taking it for granted, and I don't think that that is what would happen should baseball miss a large chunk of the season. Because I feel like baseball has a hardcore fan problem. I, I, I can tell you this from my own personal experience. I'm a hardcore Royals fan, but I'm not a hardcore baseball fan. I don't sit around here and, like, whenever I, I turn on SportsCenter and they got baseball highlights on, they got, like, Padres Dodgers. I'm not sitting there watching that. Not in, I, don't, I don't care about Rockies playing against the, the Mariners. That's not an interesting situation for me. I'll look at Royals highlights if they're on. I'll go on the MLB at bat app and I'll watch like the condensed games that they have for the Royals. I, I, I love watching that stuff. I love looking at the Royals top 30 prospects. I'll say this. I have not looked at a single predictions article for baseball this year. I don't know who the experts are expecting to, to make it to the World Series this year or to win the divisions this year. I don't look at I for years I did that. For years I would I, I would be in like baseball groups. You know, we're talking baseball in this group. And I would and I would, you know, debate and argue with people about various teams. I remember I'd get excited about player acquisitions when the Phillies got Bryce Harper. I remember I was excited. I was like, oh man, like Phillies might actually be fun to watch. And I couldn't get into it. The only thing I get into baseball-wise is Royals baseball. Love it. Love producing the games. Love watching the games. I, I love hearing Stu and Fizz and Denny and Ryan. I love hearing those guys on the air. It's so much fun. Just chilling in the studio, getting paid to listen to those guys and produce the game. I love it. If Yankees Red Sox comes on on ESPN, I'm not watching that game. I got better things to do with my time. 
if I was to sit there and watch Yankees Red Sox Red Sox on Sunday Sunday night baseball on ESPN, my girlfriend would be pissed. She's like, we could be at, we could have a dinner outside on the patio, enjoy the weather. Instead, you're in here watching Yankees Red Sox. You don't even care about these teams. You don't even care about baseball like that. Like she'd be pissed at it, and I'd understand because I don't. I'm not a hardcore fan like I used to be, and it's because the game hasn't kept my interest the same way that football has or the NBA has. And so when the game turns off guys like me, and there's probably some of y'all listening right now that are the same way. Maybe you followed it more when you were younger, but as you get older, you're like, okay, maybe maybe this hardcore thing ain't for me. Make me I can pay attention to the Royals, but that's about it. I got other things in my life I got to worry about. Some of y'all probably in the same boat. And you're like, hey, if we don't have baseball games for a month or two, I mean, yeah, I'll miss going out to the K in the spring and whatnot. But I'll be all right. You know, we got I'm, right now here in the studio, I got uh, NFL Network on, watching the uh, offensive linemen go through their drills. I'm fine with that. I can watch that. I still need to go back and watch all the wide receiver stuff from last night. Because uh, some of them 40 times are pretty interesting. You know, I got NBA countdown on the other TV in here. It's like, I got things I can watch. My Phoenix Suns are in first place in the West right now in the NBA. I'm cool. Like, if baseball is like, hey, you know, we're going to take a month to figure this whole labor situation out. We'll start games at the beginning of May. I'll be all right. I'll be okay. If that were to happen for football or NBA or any other sport, I'd be pretty pissed. If If college football had some sort of issue where the games didn't start on time, I would not be happy. Not in the least bit. But baseball, I think I'm okay. Coming up next, I tell you why this lockout hurts teams like the Royals a lot more than you think. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. My name is Christian O'Sara. 
Nolan Brooks is producing the operation. So I want to talk more about this. I'm talking a lot about this lockout this this hour. I'm I'm very passionate about it. It's funny. Uh, the producer for the drive, Rob Britton, looked at my rundown when uh, when Nolan came into the production. He was like, "You're talking about the lockout for the first hour," and I'm like, "Yeah, like I'm very like I." I was very excited about the Royal season this year and you've got this lockout kind of ripping it away from us. We don't even know when the, when the season is going to start. You've got a lot of baseball experts, if you will, believing that we could miss a month or two of baseball, if not, if not deeper into the summer. Yeah. I'm feeling some type of way about this lockout. I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. I do want to continue talking about it in regards to the Kansas city Royals though. Last segment, I talked about how baseball, I think, is taking fans for granted and not understanding that I think that most of us can or already have learned to live without the game. But one of the issues I have with this lockout is that this lockout is not a situation where, like, it is all parties on both sides trying to get the most for for everyone on their particular side. Like whenever you see there are labor negotiation issues in football, whether it be the COVID protocol, whether it be the CBA as far as like the revenue split, everybody's trying to get the most for every other player. When they're arguing about like franchise tag, They're thinking about every one of those players out there that could be franchise tag eligible. They're thinking when they're arguing minimum salary, they're thinking about that. But right now, the things that are are being argued about kind of hurt teams like the Royals. I mean, listen to Whit Merrifield. He was on Cody and Gold earlier this week. Listen to how Whit is talking about the uh, negotiations going on and his view of John Sherman and how he's played a part in this. A lot of people ask me when I when we talk about all of this about uh, Mr. Sherman and how I feel our organization is represented in all this. And uh, while we don't, we're not in that room, and so I, we don't get to see how different owners react differently. But I don't. I, I've, I've been around Mr. Sherman a handful of times. We've never talked business. Uh, but I do, I have talked with Dayton, and Dayton is someone I trust wholeheartedly. And Dayton has reiterated to me time and time again that Mr. Sherman is in this business for the right reason. He's in it um, because, one, he's been a very successful businessman and it has the ability uh, to be in the position he's in. But he loves the game, he loves baseball, and he wants to win. And he might not agree with a lot of stuff, you know, that's going on as far as stuff that we're proposing, and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I guarantee you, if we had 29 other owners like John Sherman and like the ownership group that we have, at least from what I've heard from Dayton, we wouldn't be in this position anyway. This, 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 we would never would have gotten to this position where we needed a lockout. So um, it, it's, I, I hate it for our fans. I hate it for our city. Um, I hate it for Mr. Sherman and, and the ownership group. But uh, like I said before, this is something that 
we feel very strongly as players is important for our game, important for us moving forward uh, to better the game and to, and to look out for for our brothers that are playing this game. So um, I just wanted to make sure that was that was said. And he sounds pretty convinced. Like Sherman is definitely not part of the problem here in this lockout. And I actually believe him. And the reason why I believe him is because the Royals are really not a team that benefits from the biggest issues that are being discussed and argued and debated about by the players union and by the the ownership of the league. Because the problem, like one of the biggest issues that they're arguing over right now is like the, the luxury tax, the CBT as they call it, competitive balance tax. Players want it higher. Owners want it to stay stagnant. Right now, it's like $210 million for the the uh, start of the luxury tax level, and it kind of escalates once you reach certain dollar amounts by percentage. And the players would like it to be closer like 240 for this coming season, and the owners would be like, yeah, 220 is about where we'd like it to be at. The problem for the Royals is that they're probably never, ever going to reach a level where they would have to think about the luxury tax. They would have to more than double what their payroll is. Actually, I should think right now it would be close to tripling what their expected payroll is is going to be for this season. They're not going to spend that kind of money. They can't afford to. So, And I, I believe that's like been the most contentious issue in this whole labor negotiation. That doesn't affect the Royals one bit. So you've got basically the big market owners fighting with the top 10% of the players in the, in, in the league because what the, it basically is we want our biggest stars being able to make more money. That's what they're arguing about. They're not arguing about the Whit Merrifields making more money. They're arguing about guys like Aaron Judge being able to make more money in bigger markets, get a bigger share of the pie. That's what they're arguing about. They're not arguing for the average player going out here and getting more money on a middle road contract. By negotiating this, they're calling for the top earners to be able to make more money, get more of a piece of of the pie from the teams that they are, are calling home. That doesn't affect the Royals one bit. They don't benefit whatsoever from these negotiations right now. So basically, what's happening is you're having the Royals be in a position where they could miss out on revenue from television, revenue from the gate that they get when fans go to the stadium because the biggest earners in baseball and the biggest earners in uh, the biggest earners as far as players go and the biggest earners as far as teams go. Get more money. That is a terrible position to be in if you're the Kansas City Royals. It's an awful position to be in. And it's a tough position for us as fans to be in because we know that this part doesn't pertain to us. Whenever you hear the people arguing about the, the luxury tax, it's like, well, uh, it doesn't really affect the Royals because they they can't afford to pay anybody. And they can't afford to build a team. That's at that level of, of payroll. There are very few teams in this league that could afford to do it. Right now, at this point, there are only three teams that are above the $200 million mark. The Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees. That's it. Those are the only three teams that are doing it. 
And the thing that you got to understand is that most of these teams aren't trying to spend around the luxury tax level. Most of these teams would love to be able to cut salary. They would love to be able to not have to spend as much money at the very top. If you raise the the luxury tax level, they're not going to immediately be like, hey, I'm going to drop 220, 230 on my, on my roster. They're going to be like, okay, well, let me see if I can build it for cheaper. Because a lot of these owners have to spend a ton of money and cut their profits by a lot just to be able to compete, just to be able to make money while also competing at the same time. These owners are not in a position where they're, gonna, they're willing to go out there and, and throw cash at the problem like they were 20 years ago. If I were in, a, in the meeting room there between the owners and the players, I'd be like, think about this from the, games, from the good of the game perspective. You're teaching fans that they don't need the game. You're teaching fans that it's okay if they miss games. Fans already don't want as many games. And now you're out here hurting small market teams by arguing over cash. That's not the way you go about keeping your game as relevant as possible. And us as Royals fans get hurt by this because the Royals probably will see less revenue made this year, which means that in all likelihood, they're probably not going to be able to go out and spend in free agency or spend to retain players the way that we hope. I mean, the Royals aren't out here throwing cash right now. They, I think their payroll right now is at like $77 million for the year. Um, their highest paid player by far is Salvador Perez, like twenty and a half million. You know, everyone else besides that, I think, is like under ten million. I think maybe minor might be close to ten, but everyone else is under ten. Like it, it, and it, and it just doesn't benefit the Royals to be in the position like this, where basically everything that's being argued about doesn't affect you whatsoever. So I, I really hope that the players union and the uh, the ownership groups that are part of these negotiations start to really look at what they're doing to teams like the Royals because I, I really do feel like this just this is hurting the game for everyone involved. It's hurting for us fans and and um, I really feel like if you love this game, you're probably losing a little bit of love from seeing these guys fight over money like this. Coming up next, I, I, I point to the biggest reason, the biggest person, to, people to blame for this labor issue in baseball. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, Chris and Ocero, Nolan Brooks. Continuing the uh, lockout conversation. Feeling very in- inspired tonight about this. I've been reading on this all week. Like, seriously, I, I, I took for granted that they would just work it out. Probably at the beginning of the year. I was like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll work it out. Like, these guys aren't dumb enough to not come to an agreement before they start missing out on money. And I was wrong. I took it for granted because we've seen mistakes be made in the NBA and NFL and, you know, games get missed or come close to being missed and fans start getting angry about it. And they're like, okay, we'll get, we'll get this squared away. We don't want to lose our fan base here. Baseball, completely different story. So I feel like there's blame to go on both sides of this this whole situation. First off, we got to look at the the players here. I don't think the players are like to blame for everything entirely. I I think that they probably maybe share like 30% of the blame here, maybe a quarter of the blame here, but they absolutely deserve some. And and the big thing for me is that they're pushing for the wrong things. I talked about this last segment. Lobbying for the increase in the luxury tax number, that's not even going to affect most of the players out there. Like, I understand y'all want to get a bigger piece of the pie, but these teams don't want to spend that money. And even if you raise the luxury tax level by $20, $30 million above what the players want it to be, you're not going to convince the players to spend more money if they don't want to. So... Them pushing for the wrong things is absolutely hurting their cause because you start turning the owners off to that. And the owners are pretty pissed about that. That's probably been the biggest point of contention from what I've seen in regards to these negotiations. But they're also at fault because they're not doing their, their, their part to lobby for the things that they need to lobby for. Like, first off, service time manipulation is a big problem in Major League Baseball. It affects a lot of young players that are coming up and looking to get paid for their production. Because, for those of you who don't know, basically, if a player, if let, let's say like Bobby Witt Jr., the Royals want to call up Bobby Witt Jr. this year. I believe it's 172 days you have to be up in the majors for you, for it to count as service time for, for that season. Basically, it's the first year of your six-year deal. If the Royals were to decide, okay, we're going to wait, you know, two and a half weeks before we call Bobby Wood Jr. up, he wouldn't get credited, credited for service time. Basically, it's like adding an extra year onto his contract. So now it's seven years he's with the team instead of six. Now, if... The Royals do this. They're incredibly smart. It's actually an incredible situation for for a team like the Royals because, frankly, they probably are not going to be able to afford to pay Bobby Witt Jr. if he does produce the way that a lot of scouts think he will. And he starts getting some major big-time offers from big markets. Probably not going to be able to afford to keep him. And so you want to be able to keep him as long as you possibly can. So it would be smart for them to do that. But the players' union they've got to fight against this. And it doesn't really seem like they are fighting enough to try and stop something like this. The other thing they really need to to focus on and work on is 
building a salary floor. Now, the owners proposed this last year, but they also proposed dropping the uh, luxury tax number from 210 to 180 uh, for this coming year. So that was a non-starter for the players. But they proposed a $100 million salary floor that would entice teams like the Royals to spend a little bit more to keep their their uh, their roster above that level. And it would encourage other teams because the Royals aren't like at the bottom here. There's actually like, I think it's like six or seven more teams that are spending less than the Royals. Like right now, the Guardians, their, their payroll is like 29 million right now. Um, I mean, they have a hell of a lot of money that they could be spending that they, they probably won't. That'll probably go up to maybe over 50 million, but they're not going to spend that much money on their team this year. At least, at least it looks like right now. There are a lot of teams out there that are basically actively tanking. They're cutting payroll and they're making money with uh, a lot of very young players and trying to stack their draft picks up so that they can, you know, build a team that'll win down the line. A salary floor changes that. And maybe you have to make concessions at the top, but your average salary for baseball players has, has fallen over the last few years. Maybe you should try to build that middle class back up. Players aren't really doing that right now. And that's hurting them. But that's not the reason why. That's not the main reason why we're in this situation. The owners are the main reason why we're in this situation. The owners have been actively trying to reduce salaries for the last few years, which has now incited these players to act out in this manner. They have been trying to cut revenue for a long time now. And you've got guys all throughout the league that are used to being able to go out and get their 10-year, $250 million contracts. And now teams are being a little bit more picky about that. You're used to guys being able to go out there and get their four years, you know, $65, $70 million. Teams are more cautious about throwing that out there. These players are now seeing that owners, whenever they know they're not going to be competing for a championship, are just perfectly okay with not paying any of their big players, letting them leave, go somewhere else, and then we'll just build through the draft. We'll tank. Well, if you want to stop that, you got to put a salary floor in. Players haven't done enough to try to push for that. But the owners have taken this hardline stance and when they proposed a drop in the salary, in the in basically the salary cap, the CBT, they pushed the players to the other side of that debate. And then when you get to the point where you are in the negotiations for the new CBA and you lock players out, don't even talk to them for a month and a half, it's not going to build goodwill. Here's Jeff Passan who was on the Pat McAfee show talking about the contentiousness between the players and owners. It's funny. I've, I've talked with people who have been in negotiations in the past, and they talked about these back channel sessions that went on. There is no back channeling going on in baseball right now. And I, I think that's, you bring up a great point there. The fact that they don't have anybody who's doing the back channeling at this point, I think speaks to the divide between yes. the sides. And maybe that person comes when they start losing money. But until then, I, I don't know who it is anywhere, frankly, because the 
the disgust going in both directions is unlike anything I have seen. The frustration, the disappointment, um, they, they both just feel like the other side sucks and that they are intractable and not willing to move and that the other side is the one that's hard. Yeah, write it down. Intractable. I-N-T-R-A-C-T-A-B-L-E. I wish, as someone who wants to see baseball games, that there was someone who could bridge the sides. I just don't know who it is at this point because they are so angry at each other. So there's a lot of contentiousness here. But if I were the players and I was seeing the moves that the owners were going through, I wouldn't trust the other side either. I mean, there, I, I, I was reading a report last night from Rosen, from Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic that said that in the television contracts that these owners have, they will not have to reimburse the television partners that they have, their television rights fees, as long as they don't miss 25 games. Once they get to 25 games, now they got to start paying the networks back. They got to start paying Bally Sports or whoever the hell it, it, that specific team is partnered with. That's when they got to start paying them back the, the television rights fee money. That means that most of these teams are probably okay with missing a couple weeks or maybe even close to a month of baseball. That's the reason why you got Rob Manfred out there cheesing as he's announcing that there are they're going to cancel the first two series of the season because they haven't come to a uh, an agreement on a new CBA uh you know at the beginning of the month the owners want to drag this out they want to miss games if they have to they want to make the players association bleed and they want you to be angry at the players because they are locking the players out they want you to support your favorite team in these labor negotiations. That's what they're doing. And I think they're starting to realize that it's not really working the way they want to because they're, you know, they, they've announced that they're going to contribute to the fund, that million dollar fund or whatever that's going to be paid out to players to help them uh, during the lockout. But I still think that they're viewing this as a war of attrition and we have to cancel games and cost these guys money if we're going to get what we want in these demands. And the fact that they are so willing to do that, so willing to sacrifice games, so willing to cost players money when they act as if it hurts them so much to do it is a problem. And it's the reason why they're the ones to blame here because they didn't negotiate in good faith. Immediately after they started negotiating, they were like, oh, let's get a mediator in here so they can just rule in our favor and we'll get these done. No problem. Get what we want. Players like, nah, let's not do that. They haven't really tried to negotiate with these players on the terms that they should be. And because of that, they're the ones at fault for this. Coming up next, I tell you why the owners have actually been making a case that they've been fighting against for the last few years. Final few minutes of the first hour here on Big at Night, 16 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, Chris Nocero, Nolan Brooks. So before we finish up here, last few minutes of this first hour, I feel like the owners for baseball by canceling games have kind of made 
a case for why there needs to be less games during the regular season. Cause like they seemed pretty damn content deciding that we're going to just cut six games off, you know, here they, I know they extended the the deadline for a little bit. And then after that, like, Oh, let's cut six games off here real quick. And they haven't really even been trying to negotiate that much with the players since like they've sent like mediators, but uh, you know, Whit Merrifield was on with Cody and gold this earlier this week. And he said like, Hey, like, you know, these guys have not been, you know, they haven't actually, it wasn't wit. It was, I was watching on ESPN and they, the players were sending media, you know, sending their players there down in Jupiter, Florida to talk with the uh, owners on a, on a new CBA. And they weren't, most of the owners weren't there. It was like maybe a couple of mediators and that was it. And it, it sends the message that they're not really trying to fix this anytime soon. As I stated in the last segment, um, Ken Rosenthal reported that most of these teams don't won't have to pay back any of their television rights fees unless they start miss unless they miss like twenty five games or more, and that means that right now a lot of these teams don't have motivation to to acquiesce to the demands of the players if they don't want to, because most of these teams don't get a ton of revenue from live gates anyways during the early months of the year because of weather and whatnot. I mean, if you're in the northern states, sometimes it still snows there. It's colder. I know we've had times here in Kansas City where the weather is colder during the early months of the baseball season. I, I remember, what was it, like 2018? There were like a few games that got canceled early in the season because of inclement weather, just because it was cold. You know, we had Royals games on the weekend that got postponed because it was 30 something degrees outside or because a hole in the in the uh, Rogers Center and the roof of the Rogers Center pops open. And so they can't play the game there because snow's falling through. Uh, So, like, certainly early on, there isn't a ton of motivation for these teams to get all the games in early. But that, to me, just shows you why we don't need those games early on. Like, we could probably wait and shave off, you know, 30, 60 games. I'm fine with that. It makes the regular season more impactful. And and the thing is, is the owners are trying to expand the playoffs. That's like another big contention point. They want a, a bigger playoff field. They would prefer 14 teams. Um, but I, I think they would be more than willing to settle with 12 uh, and you know, I've I've seen some people like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, like maybe make the the wild card series like best two out of three. But certainly there is a lot of expansion that could happen. One of the things that's kind of turned the players off though to that is that they feel like that's just extra money in the pockets of the owners and they won't invest that in their rosters. The owners if you're going to try to get more money out of these players, you should probably make a case for cutting back those regular season games and then giving those players a bigger cut for the playoffs. Cause they don't trust each other right now. And if you're perfectly okay with cutting back these regular season games, because you want to make a point to these players that we're okay with missing revenue. Are you okay with it? Then you're also kind of making a case that we don't need those games. Cause if you did need those games, you sure as hell wouldn't do it. In the NFL, they would make sure they get all 17 games in plus the playoffs. And the fact that they are in a position, baseball is, to where they can just cancel games 
without really trying to negotiate a new CBA in good faith shows you that we don't need them in the first place. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why it doesn't really matter who the offensive coordinator is for the Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.